the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Our message is called, Are You Tired of Serving God? And yesterday, we took a look at some of the reasons why we might be tired. Today, we have some very practical encouragement for you. Join us. One aspect of serving God is giving of our offerings, our tithes, our monies, our service. So many of us experience what we saw yesterday as giving fatigue, which we debunked that myth rather handily. So how do you go about giving? How do you go about encouraging someone to give? Before you tune out, please stick around. Today is very practical. Pastor Phil Howard is going to bring out the general fund budget of Valley Bible Church from a few years ago to give you an idea of what goes on behind the scenes at any given church. This could be your church as well. Let's get educated, shall we? Here's Pastor Phil. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. Now that is strong. That word corruption there is used of a decomposing body. The skin worms are turning it. In Bible land, you buried within two days. You had no embalmers. You had no uh, cemeteries. Uh, you had no mortuary. You immediately, for the skin worms, turned your loved ones into a stench and into food for worms. That quick. Animals rotted quickly. They had no humane society to come up and put them in a bag. Decomposition happened everywhere. The meat spoiled quickly. No refrigeration. Meat was rare because of the rotting condition of the human situation, whether it's animals, human beings. So he says, he that sows to the flesh, the field, the flesh, sin. He talked about the flesh in chapter 5, all these categories of sin. Just self-maintain physical things, just self, that field. You either sow there or he's giving them another field. You can walk after the flesh or you can walk after the spirit. You can sow after the flesh or you can sow after the spirit. You will reap from the flesh and you will reap from the spirit. Now, let's ask ourselves a question. Nate Saint, Jim Elliott, and your three associates, what field did you invest in? The flesh or the spirit? You got Diuma standing up here singing and doing his dialect and look like a just uh, an agitated or an energetic old man beaming. I believe he got eternal life. Why didn't Saint pour all of his life into making money or making a name or doing something just over here? The American dream, be rich. 
He said, I'm going to pour myself into the jungles of Ecuador if I could just reach one diuma for Jesus. You idiot! You fool! And Jim says, I'm no fool to give up what I can't keep. I can't keep my life anyway. To get what I can never lose. Diuma, I'm going to be with you in heaven forever. Let's take a Sunday school teacher. How foolish to prepare a lesson on Saturday night for a bunch of kids. Good night. The little sinners, you know. Especially yours. The sinners. Why? Why feed the poor down on 2nd McDonald? Good night. Christmas is rolling around. My grandchildren need better gifts. I don't have time I'll be getting all these donor letters coming from the Bay Area Mission. Help us this time of the year. Hey, I want to help myself. Okay. Well, you do get a bigger turkey. The insanity of these two worlds, these two fields. Our young people today, they have so little to live for. Oh, listen to me, young people. The greatest thing you can do is to pour your young lives into the things of the Spirit. The things of God. The things eternal. I think of my dear wife saved at eight. And when I met her, she was teaching children. Her grandma and grandpa took her to a church in Martinez, got saved at eight. Her mom and dad were uh, going awry, drinking themselves into a divorce. She poured her young life into church, kids, church, kids, youth group, on down. Her father became so angry when I asked her to marry me because she said, I don't want you to marry a poor, dumb preacher because my dad was poor all of his life. I got a, a job just to get a barbershop haircut because my dad always cut my hair and I was embarrassed. He hated the poverty that he saw his dad go through being a preacher. So he was angry that Carolyn would marry another dumb, poor preacher. And now over 50 years later, we look back. We have more than we could ever imagine. Got more clothes than I can wear for 10 men. I need to empty my closets again. After I give my offer today, I've got more than my father could have ever imagined left. My brother and I, I remember my brother when he moved in with a bag and in that bag, that grocery bag, was all of his earthly possessions. He was that spent and broke. He and I give away more money to ministry and have more left than 10 men in this building. He just found out what to invest in. The gambler, the money. Then he got right in this church he started paying for single mothers kids teeth to get fixed he started helping single mothers put their kids through school he started supporting missions he started mopping our floors I landed this church I was I don't know how many dollars in debt I was still paying tuition from a master's program in Fresno I was in debt I couldn't even rent the house I rented without my sister co-signing and the man cussed me. He said, you insult my intelligence by trying to rent my property. I said, why? Because I asked you what you work at, and you said nothing. 
He said, what's your income? I said, I don't know. Uh, what's your vocation? I'm a pastor. Oh, what's the name of it? Oh, it hadn't started yet. And he just cussed right there. You dirty uh, book, book. And, and his wife said, calm down, Jack. Calm down. And he said, do you think I'm an idiot? I said, my sister will pay you everything that I can't pay. I just need a house. I have no money. You know what God let him do? My contractor that built my house hired him to help put the roof on. And by the time I went there, he said, God has sure brought you a long ways from my apartment. I said, you better believe it. You're a work hand on my house. The boy that couldn't even promise you the rent. I only lasted three months and moved in with my brother. Fools. Fools for Christ. Sow in what field? Everything you sow to the flesh can be measured by this. You're going to have to take it to the dump or it's just going to rot anyway. Your house, your clothes, your money, it, it rots in a different way. You pay it all in taxes. Or somebody robs you. Or something happens. Money once received isn't, doesn't last long. It has a way to fly. Has anyone found out you know the birds? Health. Family. Visa. Wife. It just flies. Where are we sowing? Then he says in verse 9. Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. What is he saying? You can get weary in doing good, just don't get weary of doing good. You can get weary in serving God, in praying, in work, music, teaching lessons. He never promised us exemption from getting tired in the work. The issue, don't get tired of the work. And don't lose your heart. Don't lose your heart. I, I want to challenge you in light of uh, don't get weary of doing good. I think of everything from uh, uh, serving in the body to uh, uh, giving. Uh, when I was thinking about this matter... Of giving, serving. I thought of the wonderful poetess, Annie Johnson Flint. They took one of her poems and they turned it into a song. And the other day I was going around the house and I said, Carolyn, help me. I don't know this song, but I've just got these one words. This one line's going over and over my mind. Let's see if anyone's old enough to remember this song. I'll give you... Free coffee after church, if you get it. it the song goes, he, uh, I, won't, I can't do the melody because you'll get, he giveth and giveth and giveth more. Margaret. Again, again. It goes this way. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added affliction, he addeth his mercy. To multiplied trials, his multiplied peace. His love has no limit. 
His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. Out of his infinite riches in Jesus. Now, I want to bring to your attention that for nearly seven weeks, we have not met our budget in our general fund, which I think is an ambiguous non-grab fund. Lisa says, why don't we name it ministry fund, which is far better. I like that. And I want you to do this chart, bring it up for me. Tim made us a chart. I want to educate you a little bit. When we say general fund, we've been missing it by uh, 20, 25,000 a week. So we're, we're, uh, what are we now? About 60, 70,000 in the red. Now, our building program, man, you're excelling. I commend you. I mean, we're paying extra principal. I commend you. I commend you. Thank God. Agape fund, doing great. Missions fund, God's blessing. I mean, you're giving somewhere. I'm not here to rebuke. I'm here to educate you a bit. But if we don't support the general fund, we shut down operations. We just dispense with all of our missions giving, give it away, and say we don't function anymore. Why? Because our operations come out of general. But nobody gets a burden and says, oh, I just feel burdened in the night to give to the general fund. It just, it just grabs me. What you get the burden for is missions. You ought to. It's wonderful. Uh, agape, helping the poor. And maybe pay off this building. That, that's wonderful. Can't, can't fault any of that. But if we don't have a priority that over here, our next year's budget, we're already working on, so far we've dropped $150,000. I don't know how many more thousands we'll have to drop. I, I, I just hope we don't have to lay off people. We may have to. We're not above it. We will lay off. We've got we to be in budget. And out of this, just to give you an idea, uh, you can't probably see that print. We may give you a copy next week. Uh, out of that, we pay. You know how much our utility bill is a year? So I take a guess. What is it? About $120,000. That's about 2000 a week. 2000 a week. Now, and we have to pay, let's see, 8000 a week rent. So that's 10000 a week. Now, I said, I don't have a burden for utilities. I know you don't. I know you don't. I don't have a burden for, uh, you know, paying the, the water bill. I don't care if we flush or not. Oh, you don't. Well, let me educate you. We have to. They just... I know we hired someone from PG&E, but we haven't got a discount yet. Uh, utilities, landscaping, maintenance, painting, postage. How much postage do we pay a year? About fifteen, twenty thousand. 20,000. That's just to send you a letter that you throw in the trash. Worship ministry, sound, light. Women's ministry, salaries, benefits, insurance, Awanas, early childhood, nursery, elementary, an adult Sunday school, all junior high, seniors, funerals. We pay for the food and accommodate the counseling ministry, ushers, greeters, uh, ESL classes, men's ministry, office equipment, core values, enlistment, grief share, 
counseling ministry, greeters, security, coffee carts, citizenship, mugs, evangelism material. You don't want to know it all? Who pays for it? Let's pray, but let's just kind of, let's see, who pays for that? Me, because I give to it. What do you do? Why have we fallen off in the last seven weeks? Now, I've got to tell you something that Robert Richardson says and confesses. He croaked in our last stewardship program. Now, by the way, I'm talking to the family. Am I not right? How many unsaved people just can't stand this? We could excuse you right now if you need to go. I talked to the family. Is there any family believers here? Anybody call this your home church? So, somebody get this, oh, you get to care about money. Oh, yeah, you're the family. Right? You care. I mean, you're just burning up to write a check. So I got to get it before you give it to Santa. Robert said, I did not want to be in your last stewardship program. And and he was of a uh, negative spirit. He was not a a help a whole lot. Robert, get the tape. May God bless you. It's true. You weren't. It was some of those on staff that pulled together and you people. Because he said, you're promoting two things at the same time, and you can't do it. I don't want to be a part of it. What is that? You're going to try to teach the people to give over and above giving, when over here, they're not even measuring up to regular giving. How can you do both? We said, we don't know, but we've got to have both. We've got to cover the mortgage, and we've got to teach people to support our general fund, or else we're not going to make it. And he said, you can't do it. You can't do it. Well, uh, we had the largest commitment to the building fund. I think it's 2.7, 2. 2.8. It was large, the largest we ever had. Plus, so many of you, as we went through the giving, generous giving book, uh, many jumped on board and became regular givers so that we started meeting the budget. We were flying because many of you that give less than $300 a year to this church and God's Word, you're not a giver. You've never learned to give. And some of you have either fallen back or maybe regular givers have lost heart, given up. Let me say this. There's no place for giving up until we're home. I'm not going to give up in praying. I'm not going to stop preaching. I'm not going to stop loving God, stop serving, stop giving. Ruth Fox got me after first service. She said, all that they could discover, the joy of giving, and they'll never worry about fatigue. The fatigue is setting on your money and not giving it to the cause of Christ. And let me say this. I find a lot of times businessmen, they get challenged by these bigger challenges. They get challenged by this organization because they'll pursue them more. And uh, I went to uh, a church uh, I went through a doctorate with a man that pastored a large church in New Jersey. He wanted me to succeed him. He's about 12 years older than me. And he talked to his elders and said, I found the preacher to succeed me. And so they, they had me go back. And they, I went back there. Wealthy, wealthy church. All the guys worked in New York City. Wealthiest county in New Jersey. And I'm there and... Uh, wealthy, wealthy, white collar. I knew I didn't fit. This crowd was too, uh, too well trained. They were up there. But I asked Earl, I said, Earl, tell me something. Did you have any major setbacks or uh, heartbreaks 
pastoring of this church. He said, oh, mainly one. And I said, what's that? What was that? He said, well, he said, uh, wait till we go to church tomorrow. Okay. We, we go to church the next day. They're landlocked. Uh, beautiful setting. They had no parking. The church had grown to about 1,500. They had no place to park. Uh, they were just uh, very limited. And uh, then that day he said, this is my disappointment. I said, tell me about it. He said, we had 15 acres, 15 to 20 acres that came open for us next door that we could have bought for a song and a dance. Very cheap. Us being a church, this group wanted to make it available as cheap as possible. Prime land next to the church. He said, wow, it was just a godsend. We go to the board. We presented this wonderful offer. One of the board members spoke up, and these were his profound words that changed everything. He said, we are not in the land business, but in the soul business. We are about souls and not about land. Oh, that makes sense, doesn't it? We're about souls. Okay. Swept the board. They took the decision. Turned it down. Don't need it. Very interesting that within a matter of a month to six months, the board member bought the land for himself and developed it and became a wealthy, wealthy man. And the church became landlocked and their growth is stunted. They can't hardly grow much more because there's no place to park. goes against all city codes. But we're not here for anything but souls. Let me tell you something. I'm in it for souls, but there's got to be some place you park your car, some place that you hang your hat, some place you warm the building, some place you do something. So you've got to have money because we're dealing with the material. We've just turned it into spiritual riches. We're using it for God, not for ourselves. So, I challenge you. We've got nine weeks till the end of the year. Nine weeks after today. And I'm trusting God that we meet our budget. Uh, What if we don't? Uh, I'm going to still be giving. I'm still going to stay happy. And by God's grace, I'm not going to have a nervous breakdown. Uh, But I think you ought to be thinking end of the year giving. How could we eliminate the $60,000 deficit? How do we do our budget every week of $45,000? I've had two pastors get a hold of me recently. One pastor says, we can't meet our budget of 2500 a week. What are we going to do? I said, well, I wouldn't tell the saints. They might get a burden. Don't tell the saints. Let them coast. They, folks don't want to hear about money. They're having giving fatigue. Baloney. I know some folks are tired from doing nothing. I've had surgeries before, and if you just lay in the bed for a week after back surgery, you know what? You lose all your strength. You get so tired at doing nothing, you can't imagine doing something. And some of you have for so long done nothing. This is almost you're exhausted. Well, honey, let me get you over it. I would like to give you a shot of one-a-day vitamins and say... Start running with all your might. You've only got a little while to invest in the right field. 
Invest in things eternal and you'll never have any regrets. No regrets. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station, we would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? One other note as we close out our time together today, if this broadcast and this ministry encourages you in your walk with Christ, and you happen to be looking for a church that does just that, we would invite you to contact valleybible.org. Pastor Phil is Pastor Emeritus at Valley Bible Church in Hercules, and while he is no longer in the pulpit, we are still very much a part of this church body. And we would invite you to come and join us for worship. For more information, again, valleybible.org or call 855-833-9864. And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Blessed be the name.